It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We're very lucky to have on the line now uh, a man who played over 230 games for Parramatta as well as New South Wales. Uh, and he also does some commentary work and a great job at that on ECN. It is uh, Timmy Manor on the line. G'day, Tim. G'day, boys. How are you? Oh, mate, we're doing fantastically well. Now, uh, let, let's rip straight into this weekend's game on Saturday night at 7.30. It is the Eels and the Warriors. And uh, we spoke to one of our representatives from the TAB this morning who said before the Origin squads were named, the Eels were heavy favourites. Since they've lost uh, Clint Gutherson, Mitchell Moses, Regan Campbell-Gillard, the odds have flipped. And now the Warriors are favourites. Uh, I'd say probably not great timing for the Parramatta Eels to have some of their big names out of the side. Yeah, because you can also argue now with SJ in doubt. You know, if SJ goes missing, then it might flip back in the other way. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Sean Johnson. Yeah, well, the, like you said, a, a slight a question mark over him with his uh, with his wife uh, expecting a child. So um, the Eels have been tracking really well recently, Timmy, and, and I guess at the start of the season, things were a little bit shaky. Um, I think they lost uh, four of their first four, and then uh, they, did, they did sort of get a bit of momentum back, and certainly over the last month or so, uh, they've had absolutely no problems scoring tries. How, how difficult do you think it is going to be for them this weekend, just with those positional changes? Um, Sean Russell goes into fullback, and Orion Madison is into 5-8. Is that going to be just a little bit too disruptive for them, do you think? It's, it's a big ask. Like, I mean, they're definitely capable of, of getting the job done, especially at home, but it's, it's not only not having them for the game, it's also lacking that leadership throughout the week. So you've got senior players that aren't in and around the boys throughout the week, and mm. um, it does, it's a big ask for a lot of young kids to step up and, and deliver. Um, you know, I think the blessing in disguise is Junior Polo uh, not being an origin. I guess they're at least one captain and one senior head back in the squad. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a very big task for the boys ahead this week. Emma, how much is a distraction as the Dylan Brown um, saga um, into the equation, Tim, along with the, the origin and the, and, the, and the loss of those senior players? Uh, to be honest, it doesn't seem like much of a distraction with the way they've played. Like, you know, they probably play their best pretty in the last six weeks. So, um, you know, having no Dylan hasn't really affected their football. The problem is this week you're losing, not just Dylan, you're losing, you know, all your other shot callers, you know, Guthrie and Mitchell and Regan. So it's, you know, it, it makes the Dylan absence look even worse. Um, so I think, you know, the game that Mitchell missed last time during Origin, Guthrie stepped up and really delivered for that team. Mm. So you had no Mitchell, no Dylan, but Guthrie stepped up. But now you're missing all three. This makes the task all much harder. Yeah, you've got you've got Deja Nasi, who we know too well down here with the Warriors, um, having played with us last year in the house with Ryan Madison. You know, no Gutho at the back. You you, you th- seem to think that the spine's going to going to tr- um, be trouble. Did you get a chance to watch the Warriors last week against South? Like no one over here picked that coming. Yeah, I called that game with um with the boys last week. Um, yeah, mate, it was it was tough conditions, you know. And when when you have conditions like that, it's it's always hard to pick a team, you know. It's Flip of a coin sometimes in those you know wet greasy conditions. Um, I didn't think the Warriors were actually that bad either. I thought the Warriors um, still were playing good footy. Just you know they they came against a team that made sure they did all the little things right, and got the job done. Um, I, I like what I'm seeing from the Warriors this year. The Warriors under Andrew Webster, they look disciplined. They look well drilled. They're an 80 minute side. 
they're going to be tough to beat. I think this week is such an important game because mm. if you look at the top eight, you know, I think Cowboys are coming hard. Yeah. And, you know, Parramatta, Warriors, maybe Cronulla, they're the teams that are looked behind their shoulder. And, um, you know, whoever wins this week, he's going to get a bit more breathing space in the back end of the year. Yeah, it's so funny as well, Tommy. Like uh, Warriors fans here, and I know media pundits as well, before the weekend against the Rabbitohs were talking up the Warriors even as top four contenders and just how high they were flying. It, it seems like people have been brought back to it just a little bit following the loss against Souths. From what you are seeing of the Warriors, what what do you think is separating them from maybe making a top four? What's something that you've, that you've seen that you go, yep, they just need to tighten up there and they'll be a side that can genuinely challenge that top four and maybe a premier? Yeah, I don't. I think that you know, if there's no reason why they can't be a top four side, I think they've got all the ingredients right there at the moment. Um, you know, if you add Roger in next year as well, all of a sudden you got a you know really powerful side. Um, I, I, I don't see many weaknesses. I think you know Metcalf is filling in at five eight. Um, you know, there's probably one spot there that they could um, you know be a little bit um, you know better in. But mm. it's, I think he's doing a good job for you know the amount of experience he has and. Um, I like the way they're playing. They're playing so disciplined, and it's just a, it's a different look Warriors side than we've seen in the past. Mm. They have been. You've still got tomorrow, Martin, to come back. Of course, Marata Norkore, who you know too well at Parramatta, having just yep. um, still serve a couple of weeks. The, the home crowd, mate, the Parramatta home crowd, they're really hard to play over there in uh, Sydney. How how much of a, a do you think point start they are, the crowd there? Yeah, Parramatta always got a leg at, at Combank, the new stadium, but I think... Um, you know, the, the Warriors are so used to now playing on the road after the last couple of years, and um, I think they'll take that into their stride. I, I, I think the the crowd won't be as big as a help as it has in the past because you've got so many young kids that, if anything, the bigger crowd is even more daunting. So you kind of, I don't know how much of an advantage the crowd's going to be. Um, but, you know, the Warriors, it's a, it's a real make-or-break game for both teams because you win this game and all of a sudden that, you know, that top eight spot looks more likely. Um, I, I think... You know, I think Sean Johnson's going to be the real just deciding factor. If he's in the team, I think the Warriors are specials. If he's not, I think Parra can win. So it's uh, going to be a flip of the coin. Mm, before we uh, talk a little bit of origin with you, Timmy, yeah, throw, us a, throw us a prediction for Saturday night. Let's assume Sean Johnson's playing. What do you reckon, score-wise? Yeah, well, if he's, if he's playing, I think I think Warriors will go. I think it'll be a really tight one. Um, and I think let's go 24-22 to, to the Warriors. All right, we'll cut that up and we'll uh, we'll play that back out after the weekend. So <laughs> uh, talk a little bit of origin, mate. And I remember um, after game two, I was driving back home uh, and I was listening to you boys uh, in the car and you made mention of um, back in 2010 when you were given your um, origin debut and that was in a game three uh, after the coach had been sacked and Queensland would actually go on and, and sweep that one. They're on the verge of doing the exact same thing in very similar circumstances here where um, Freddie has you know called in a lot of guys uh, and dropped a lot of players ahead of this uh, game three. Talk us through, I guess, what what that situation's like when you're down two 0 in a series. You've got a coach that is essentially fighting for his position, if not already lost it, and you're basically sweeping the broom. Yeah, it's obviously a position I know all too well. Coming into camp after losing the first two, and I was part of the sweeping changes. They made a lot of changes when I came in. Um, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a great environment to be in, to be honest. You know, it was very sombre, very dour. Um, but the exciting thing was it was my debut, so I was so excited. Regardless of what the result, like what the circumstances were, I was just pumped to be playing for the Blues. Mm. Um, so you're going to have a lot of that. You're going to have a lot of guys like Bradman Best and Colin Matangi and guys that have never played before that regardless of the, you know, the scenario of how many games have been played already, they don't care. They're just, they're, they're just pumped to be living their dream. Um, you know, 
Dogs have they wish that they could have done their whole lives. So I've, I've got no doubt that the injection of um, new players is going to be a positive. You know, if you have the same players that lost the first two, it's um, they're mentally already broken. <laughs> They've lost the first two, and you know, mentally they're they're just hanging in there. Um, mm. So I like that when he's injected a lot of new faces that don't have the baggage of the last two games. Hey, Timmy, just a, a couple of questions from me in and around this last game. How do you think the coaches have handled themselves? They seem like they're buying into every conspiracy out there, talking about the media <laughs> and what they're, what they're talking about, which is sort of doesn't bode well for the game. And, and when you're talking about that environment being a sombre environment, what do you think the effect is on New South Wales having been through and gone through so many players in the series? Yeah, well, you know, I've got a lot of admiration for Freddie. You know, I'm a big fan of, of him as a coach, um, as him as a person as well. Um, but you're right, I think this series has, has um, sh- shown a lot of um, stress at times. Um, and it's a, it's a position that brings a lot of stress and, and anxiety, I think. Um, but, you know, it's it's a tough role and the reason why it's uh, not for everyone. I think he's done a good job. But I've been really impressed with Billy Slater, to be honest. I remember watching game one when they won in really dramatic circumstances and, you know, if it was any other coach, you'd see so much yahooing and celebration. And he just was so composed and calm at the end of game one, um, which really impressed me um, as a you know, as a former player watching a coach with that um, you know, competence and be able to like just keep measured. It really showed why he's a good coach and, and why he'll have a big future in the coaching arena as well. And and what do you think about the the amount of players like New South Wales? If you have a look at the Queensland structure, they seem to they pick yep. a team, they stick with it. They you know, they talked about Billy in that first game not being loyal and he made that change with Gagai and, and of course, Reese Walsh, you know, they put Fidel um, in the centres and, and Reese at the back. Whereas New South Wales, just in this one game, they've made 4,000 changes. What what what's, <laughs> what's that mean for the future of New South Wales? Oh, well, yeah. You know, honestly, I'm very careful what I say because I, I really... I Are you getting like on the coaching staff? Um, <laughs> 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 Is your name I, in the head? No, not at all, mate. I wouldn't wish coaching on my enemies. <laughs> I just, I, I just confused. Like you know, you look at Stefano. You know, he gave him the taste of game two. He got eleven minutes, and I, like I probably thought it was a bit early for him to play, but I was happy for him. And I understood what they're trying to do: get a young kid, blood him in, and, and give him experience at Origin level. If anything, the, the the obvious thing would would be to play him game three. You know, like you want to get him more minutes in that arena. So for him to not even be in a nineteen just baffled me. Um, you know, and just. It just there was a whole lot of uh, you know, selections. You know, I love Cody Walker. I think he should have been there for game two. Mm. But you didn't begin for game two, and then all of a sudden you've got a 33 year old playing in a dead rubber that you know isn't really going to benefit the Blues long term yeah. moving forward to get a taste of the arena that, that you know, at this stage. Um, and I'm not sure whether they've gone into this game um, wanting to get people experience at that arena or whether they're trying to get the win. I'm not sure the way they picked his side. Um, but you know. No one, Freddie, he's probably fallen on his feet and, and, and landed and jagged win, maybe, but it's, a, it's a definitely an interesting looking side. I think, to, to your point about Queensland, it's a lot easier when you're winning games. So mm. it's a lot easier to say they stuck with the team, but of, of course they're going to stick with the team when they're getting results. Uh, I think if they lost the first one or two, they could probably be in the same position in terms of making changes. We saw that happen over the last couple of years as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I just think that the, the changes come as a result of losing games. Timmy, just before we let you go, um, you're a proud uh, New South Welshman, and, and I'm sure you know all the people around your friends and mates and stuff are, are the same. What 
What's your feeling about the future of it? Because Kempi and I have been talking over the last couple of weeks about how it, it almost has that feeling of Queensland returning to that dynasty type day. Like there's been a couple of years where it's gone back and forth and yep, New South Wales got the two in a row. But you just look at this Queensland side and the confidence they have and the talent they have there and you're just thinking, man, are we in for another, you know, 10 long year, years if you're a New South Welshman? What, what's sort of the feeling from you and, and the people that you're around? Yeah, it's it's got some of the the local people in the state uh, reaching for some antidepressants because it's you look at the the Queensland run they had eight in a row that you know immortals they had Cameron Smith and John Thurston and you know, Cooper Cronk and Billy Slater and you just thought once they retired that you know it's our turn and we, we had our two in a row we thought this is it's the start of a new era and you look at Queensland team now and like, they're no weaker than that side that won eight in a row you know they got mm. so much depth. You know, they lose Luis Walsh, AJ Brimson slides straight in, Ponga's in the in the wings waiting as well. <laughs> like it's um it's pretty scary to think about the depth and the and the the youth they have in that side. Um that said, I'm really optimistic about the the blues talent pool. Like we've got a lot of young kids coming through that are so talented and um, you know, guys that even aren't playing this game, but like Tony Staggs' name came up the last couple of days. Um, you know, there's so much talent there to get excited about. Um, I'm, not, I'm not buying into the whole you know, Queensland own it for the next 10 years. I think um, it's going to be very competitive moving forward. Hey, Timmy, just just uh, finally, um, very quickly, Ando, this week, every ticket, uh, five bucks goes towards the Daniel Anderson fund, mate. That's a great cause. Absolutely, mate. He's, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty vocal about how much I love playing under Ando. He's my favourite coach to play under. Um, he, he's a special person, different to any other coach I've been under as well, just a different character, and I know the people in New Zealand um, would have fond memories of his time there, but um, really special human, and you know, it's really unfortunate to see what he's gone through, but love the support that everyone's um, showing, and hopefully we can raise some good money to make you know, his life just a bit easier. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a really tough position to be in, so anything that can be done to make his life a bit smoother is great. Um, you know, I'm excited. I've got um, you know, a bit of uh, an old boys day. A lot of the guys that have played under Ando are going to the game this week as well, so we're all... Um, excitedly chatting about getting together again and we can't wait to celebrate you know, Ando and then hopefully support, um, support him in raising some good funds. Well done, well done to me, all the old boys. Have a good day there today and uh, well done to the Parramatta Club for that support for Daniel Anderson. Thanks a lot for joining us and running it straight this afternoon. Thanks boys, appreciate it.